Joining us now on the BTG studio line are two brothers, Spencer and Mitchell Traver. Mitchell currently pitches for Texas Christian University and is also a highly regarded Major League Baseball prospect. Their tagline on Twitter describes them best. They love Jesus, writing, and baseball. Guys, welcome to the program, and thanks for coming on with us. Hey, it's great to be here. Absolutely. Thank you. You guys have a website called Sons of Thunder, found at TraverBrothers.com. Can you tell us a little bit about the site and perhaps what the significance is behind the name Sons of Thunder? Yeah, so uh, James and John, right, were the, were the Sons of Thunder um, in Scripture, and, and that's a name that has been familiar to our family. Uh, we've just talked about it a lot. We just, I mean, it's a cool name. So uh, me and Spencer are uh, we're brothers, but we're also best friends. We're very close, and so uh, we both uh, found out that we not only enjoyed writing, but um, we're, we're pretty good at it, uh, especially Spence. We, uh, we decided to team up. I know we started... Uh, doing our own blogs um, on our own individually, and then after a period of time, we kind of looked at each other and, and realized, "Wow, this is kind of dumb. Why don't we, why don't we team up and do this together?" Because we write about similar stuff, um, and it just kind of made sense. The name just kind of came to us after we prayed about it. I've read through some of the devotionals and the, and the materials you've written in there, and I really I enjoy them. They're also faith based and and just uh, really short and yet challenging. I, I've enjoyed them. Thank you. Yeah, we appreciate that. Now, Spencer, do I understand correctly that you are you're working on a book? Will Will that book have a sports theme to it? And when are you hoping it'll be released? Um, I am working on a book. I'm about eleven chapters in right now, out of twenty one. Um, the way I've kept it is, I'm trying to keep the chapters short to to keep the reader's attention. I know for me, when when I read uh, books, I like the chapters short. Um, I'm trying to model, actually, Love Does by Bob Goff, the, the writing style that he has, um, how simplistic it is. But in terms of of um, an athlete or a sports kind of base theme, um, I do talk about stories within sports, Mitchell being one of them, um, his testimony through baseball, how that's evolved. But um, it's really for, for all aspects of life. Um, it's for all ages. I'm specifically writing it, I guess, in a voice um, – towards an audience of our generation specifically. But, um, no, I'm really excited about that, and I'm hoping – I'm in talk with editors right now, but I'm hoping to have the writing done this summer and hopefully published before the end of the year. Now, Mitchell, you're the baseball player. You're currently pitching for TCU. How's the season going so far? The season's going awesome, man. I mean, you know, baseball, especially, you know, the collegiate level, it's a long season, so, um, you know, if you include playoffs and stuff, we're, we're just a little over halfway done. Uh, we're, but we're 30 and eight on the season. Um, we're, we're top, I think top seven in every one of the rankings, um, which is great. But the, the ranking at the end of the year is what matters most. But the season's been super blessed. Uh, the guys are working hard and we're playing well together. And I think the crazy part is, I don't think any of us think we're playing our best baseball yet. Uh, so we look forward to what's ahead. 30 and eight, you're not playing your best baseball yet. I think most teams would take that, but it sounds like you guys want to step up your game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. There's there's a bunch of little things that we want to do better. So now you were the number fifty two prospect in the two thousand twelve draft right out of high school. You're drafted by the Houston Astros. Growing up outside Houston, that must have been pretty cool for you. Are you an Astros fan? Oh yeah, I mean, I, you know, it's funny because I say that you know Minute Maid Park was was almost my second home. I, I've been to over well over a hundred games um, at that park. I mean, I was there even when it was at North Field. And, uh, you know, it's awesome. I, I love the Astros. I still do. Um, you know, I still watch them and stuff. And 
uh, getting that opportunity, even though, you know, it was late, it was more of a, hey, just to let you know we're, we're watching you pick, um, just because of how everything came down. But it was cool, man. I mean, that's the team I grew up watching, so to hear my name called, um, you know, get that call from them, that was pretty cool. You had to deal with some injuries and stuff. Can you share the circumstances surrounding how you ended up at TCU and not in a major league camp? Yeah, sure. I mean, so going into the my spring season of my senior year, um, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, I had a shot uh, to go pretty early. And, uh, you know, a lot of people seem to think so, like, you know, perfect game, Baseball America. And, you know, I met with 27 of the 30 teams uh, in home uh, before the season started. So, uh, that was a legitimate interest. And, uh, you know, as the season went on, I mean, I didn't do as well as I'd like, but some stuff started happening injury-wise. Like, I, you know, I had numbness in my fingers and couldn't really feel the ball. And, um, you know, so my command wasn't very good. And uh, the velocity was up and down and, you know, just starting to have some issues and didn't really know why. Didn't really tell anybody. Just tried to pitch through it because, you know, you only get about three months in high school you know, to make that stand. And, um, you know, I was still getting looked at for uh, second, third round uh, by a couple teams. But, uh, you know, I think three days before the draft, we sent out a letter to Major League Baseball letting them know I was diagnosed with thoracic outlet syndrome, which is where the nerves up by your collarbone um, over in the area of the neck in the thoracic outlet, um, they, they get crushed when you load your arm, kind of compressed. And that's why I was having the numbness and the tingling and had trouble feeling in my fingers was because the nerves um, couldn't circulate uh, down in my fingers. So we got that all handled. It, it really was pretty easy uh, surgery. It's eight weeks of rehab, and I was back to normal. But the problem was, um, you know, I also had had an elbow issue that showed up at the very end of my season that we thought was related to thoracic outlet. So teams had that on you know on the radar and and i wasn't budging on what i had said it would take to sign me and um, i think that's what led me to tcu mitchell your story is that's certainly one of perseverance coming through those injuries you at one time i understand baseball america had you as high as 37 on their top prospect list when you were a freshman talk about your faith in christ and how that helped you through those injuries when you were dealing with so many different things and what god has taught you as a result of this trial you know I think, uh, you know, when people ask me that, the truth is that, you know, my faith is my foundation. I mean, you know, God is the one who gives me strength. Uh, he's the one who gives me hope. And, you know, when you when you play baseball or, or, you, or you do anything, really, for the wrong reasons, I mean, at some point that will be exposed. And that's kind of how it was for me. Was I felt like, you know, I knew that, you know, everybody says everything happens for a reason, but I knew that, you know, and Scripture talks about it, and I knew that if I believed what I said I believed, I knew that God was doing this, intentionally he was allowing this to happen for a reason and that was rooted in love and so it was like okay what should that reason be and so you know you have to decide to trust them and you know i, I don't think that it was the right time uh you know to go to a, a minor league camp i don't, I don't think it, it would have been a good idea to miss out on the people i met here at tcu um the the resources i have here even just gain the experience and to be honest with you there were a lot of things I needed to learn, not only on the field, but away from the field. Um, they got graciously provided here at TCU. So, you know, after making the decision to, to trust him and to give him this process, you know, he was faithful throughout, man. I mean, in, in every big and small way you can think of, whether it was 
you know, growing up as a young man, um, just learning how to handle, you know, girls in college and, and braids and all sorts of things, or even, you know, my maturation process as a baseball player and trying to become a better pitcher. It just, he covered the board in all aspects, and there really wasn't a time where, where I needed him, and he wasn't there. Um, truth be told, I think the biggest thing he taught me was that it didn't really matter whether I wanted him or not. The truth was that I needed him. Um, and it's great because when you realize, at least for me, that I'm dependent on him, and then you see how faithful he is and how he takes care of you and how everything he does is rooted in love and grace. Um, it's all what it's meant to not only lead you closer to him, but to, to glorify him as well. It got me to, to calm down. I didn't really stress about anything. And I, although I didn't really know what was ahead, I didn't have to. Um, I just knew he would take care of me, and sure enough, uh, here I am. Fact or myth, you had a rib removed? <laughs> that's that's true, yeah. My my first rib, it's it's about the size of a normal person's thumb, you know, about two inches in circumference, so it's, it's pretty big. Was that just a trendy Genesis Chapter 2 thing, or what What was the purpose of that? Uh, no, I mean, that's uh, that's what they do in thoracic outlet. I uh, I had it pretty good, so they go up there in that in that area, and they remove the rib, they cut off the top part of my uh, of my right pec, and they cleared out all the scar tissue in there to just make a ton of room for those nerves to glide, and so there wouldn't really be any future issues. So that's why they did it. We're talking with Spencer and Mitchell Traver. You can follow them on Twitter, at Traver Bros. Spencer, what about you? How difficult was it for you to watch your brother go through this and have his baseball dreams sort of hanging in the balance? In high school, I actually I, I became a team manager um, in order to just be able to be in the dugout with Mitchell. Um, at the time, we, we saw it as an opportunity just to spend a lot more time together, um, or he, he left for college, or if that was professional baseball, we weren't sure at the time. And we were commuting uh, 55 miles to school uh, from Navasota, Texas. So um, it was a long drive, and we, we thought, okay, you know, if we can do this together, hey, I mean, you know, we'll take more time together. Um, so but what that ended up turning into, as um, that numbness in Mitchell's hand kept prolonging, uh, I think the only people he really told were, were me and my dad, uh, not even his coach. So there were a lot of times in the dugout where people had no idea anything was going on and we'd be off to the side and he'd be telling me he can't feel his hand. Um, so as a, as a friend and somewhat of a teammate, I mean, it's difficult because you want to see him do well, but as his brother, um, you want him even more to just be able to be out there and to see um, the coach have to take the ball out of his hand um, in district playoffs as we were going to the end. Um, it, it was tough. It was really tough for me. It's a test of faith. And as he's come to TCU even, and uh, you know, he's walked through Tommy John surgery as well, and um, just his string of injuries, it, you, you want to see him out there. But now that he's finally on the mound, and, and regardless of the performance, um, it's just such a blessing. It, it shows that through all this time, uh, what one of his, his teammates now says is that had Mitchell not been injured, you know, for the last two or three years that he was, he wouldn't be the man he is today. Hmm. And uh, I, I think that that guy said it perfectly right. And it, it really sums up exactly how I feel about that whole situation, too. Mitchell, did you ever feel like giving up, letting a dream go, perhaps as though this wasn't what God wanted for your life? Um, you know, I'd be lying if I said I didn't. Yeah, I mean, I definitely fought that for a long time. Um, it's not, I'm pretty stubborn, and I was that kid growing up that 
I took it personally if you told me I wasn't going to be a big leader. As silly as that sounds, that was just, when I started playing, it was like, well, okay, I'm going to be a big leader. And, yeah, I think that it's good to have that attitude. But, uh, you know, there did come a point where I remember sitting in the truck with my dad. I can, I can remember two times. Number one was when I was about to start throwing again post-Tommy John. It was around January of 2013. I just asked him, I said, you know, what if this isn't what God wants me to do? Um, and what he said was, hey, you know, God's not the author of confusion. Um, you, know, you can trust him. You can know that the gifts that he's given you um, are meant to lead you in the direction of what he has in store for your life. Um, and you can trust him with that, knowing that you're going to play exactly as long as you're supposed to. Um, you know, so that, that was huge. And then whenever I was rehabbing um, and coming back from my back injury uh, this past summer, um, really all the issues that I'd never had the chance to address just because of all the time off, they came to a head. And it, I remember walking in the dugout thinking to myself after a horrible outing, I didn't even make it out of the first inning. And I was just like, maybe baseball is not for me. You know, maybe this isn't what I'm supposed to do. And, you know, that's that, – that, it was a lie. It wasn't true. And it was just, it was fear talking. It was doubt. It was lack of faith. It was just the flesh. And, you know, I gave that to the Lord. I just said, okay, all right, this career is yours. Um, I'm going to play this as long as you allow. I'm thankful that you've made me a baseball player. Um, and if it ends tomorrow, that's okay by me. Um, and if it ends 20 years from now, uh, that sounds pretty good too. Um, but I gave him the results. I trusted him and just asked that he would help me do uh, what he was calling me to do, and sure enough, man, I mean, I, I don't think I've ever had so much fun playing baseball as I have um, this last year, and it's all been rooted in faith. Amen. You know, it's fairly common to ask what is most challenging about being a believer in any given situation, so if you'll allow me, I'd like to ask each of you, what part of being a believer in Jesus brings you the most joy? What's the best part for you? I think for me, the what brings me the most joy about being a believer is knowing that I have an assurance of hope at all times. Um, at the end of the day, there's so many things that go on in so many people's lives. And, I mean, the array is so vast. But things may seem out of control um, very often. Um, but the truth of the matter is that they are never out of control. Yeah, there's a lot of things we don't understand. There's a lot of things that go on that don't make sense. You know, I like to think that God works strangely. There's a pastor uh, here in Dallas that talks about that all the time. His name is Steve Farrar, and I totally agree with him. And so, you know, it's, it's sometimes it's tough to trust, but, but the greatest joy is knowing that no matter what's going on, no matter what's happening, no matter where I'm at in my life or how I'm feeling, he's faithful. It's about him. I mean, God is for God. At the end of the day, like, the reason why he is who he is is, you know, all, all, all the amazing things about him are revealed in his character and his very nature and the way he goes about taking care of those who take refuge in him. So knowing that that can never be taken from me, um, you know, I think the verse that comes to mind is actually Romans 8, 38 through 39. It's, it's painted um, above my bed in my room. And uh, basically, you know, the crux of that verse is nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. And it's true. Uh, you know, nothing can. The powers of rulers, angels, nothing. It, it, we are completely protected no matter what. And so for me, just that constant, um, that makes all the difference. What about you, Spencer? I think Mitchell summed it up really well. For me, I think it, it comes down to finding your satisfaction in Christ no matter where you are. 
Um, I've seen Mitchell walk his battle of faith uh, as an athlete for the majority of it, and um, I guess the majority of his life. And uh, one of the things that, that he would agree with is how God shaped his heart uh, in terms of pride, because um, a lot of athletes battle pride. And for him, he takes pride in his performance and, and, and pride in his size or his strength or whatever it is. And, you know, as just a regular person, you know, a non-athlete for me, I battle pride in other areas as well. Um, and at the end of the day, if my satisfaction and my joy is not found in Christ, then it's going to be found on unstable ground in other areas that that might be fun for the time, but uh, in the end don't last. We're talking with Spencer and Mitchell Traver, writers, baseball fans, brothers not only in life but also in Jesus. Let me throw this one out to either one of you, whoever wants to answer. How old were you when you realized you were a sinner in need of a Savior, and what was it that brought you to that place where you called out to Christ? Let me tell you. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, we'll both give you a little short version. How's that sound? Cool. All right. Um, well, I got saved at six years old. Um, just a very uh, general story of of sitting in, in church, um, you know, in, in the youth campus. And um, I actually write about it in the first chapter of my book about how um, at that point, you know, I didn't really understand anything or what I was giving away. I just knew it was something good based on my parents' reaction. And um, I, didn't, I didn't understand the good news of Christ. And the reason I didn't understand that is because I didn't understand how bad I truly was. Um, it's hard when you're young to think of yourself as, as bad, um, other than the moments when you get on your parents' nerves. But I think it was when uh, I started just, I don't know, as I, as I grew older, uh, and started to see myself in a different light in terms of maybe I'm not all that, that great as I thought I was. Um, that's when I, I began to realize that the help that I needed um, from Christ, and, and he's provided that through my family and, and primarily through my faith, whether it's in prayer or through Scripture. Uh, it's made me realize that, that my dependency is completely on him. What about you, Mitchell? Um, you know, for me... I got saved at an early age as well. Um, we were fortunate to grow up in a Christian home. You know, my parents both loved Jesus, um, and they, they set awesome examples for us. So it wasn't hard to get the information um, and, and, and to honestly, you know, believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. But, you know, I think what's really important in every believer's life is realizing that your faith is not your parents' faith, and it's not your friend's faith, it's not your brother's faith. Um, your faith must become your own at some point because they can't save you. You know, they're they're not. That's not their job. They're not. They're not Jesus. Um, and so, you know, for me, I really think I made my faith my own um, during the latter years of high school. You know, I mean, I grew up, you know, professing my faith and all those things. I definitely believed what I said, but. When I really realized that I needed God, not that I wanted Him, but that, that I needed Him, um, you know, when I really realized what I was seeing when I looked in the mirror, um, I think that's when my faith became my own, and I really started pursuing Him um, wholeheartedly instead of when it was convenient. And so that's that's when things really took off. We're talking with Spencer and Mitchell Traver. You can follow them on Twitter at. Traver Bros, or follow the go to their website, TraverBrothers.com. Any prayer requests, guys? How can we pray for you specifically? I think, uh, you know, the, the thing that comes to mind is just that, you know, God will be glorified in this season. Um, 
you know, for, for me and my team in baseball. I mean, it's not all about performance. I mean, that's part of it. But, you know, in all honesty, like, just just having the ability to go where he calls us to go, I, I'm just I'm praying that, that he would be honored, that that, uh, that our faith would be seen, that, that the fruits of our faith would be seen, and ultimately that um, we would get to know him more through that entire process um, and that um, it would serve an awesome purpose, not only, you know, in this season of our lives, but in years to come. Uh, so just that God would be glorified. Guys, thanks for joining us. I hope we have the chance to do this again soon. But before I let you go, do you want to tell all the folks again how to follow you and about your ministries and the webpage and all that? Yeah. Um, we have a Facebook page, um, a Twitter page, and an Instagram page right now. Um, all of them should be under the title Trader Bros. And our website is www.traderbrothers.com. Uh, we have a blog on there. And then if you, you like what you see and you like updates, um, there's a section where you can subscribe uh, on the top bar, the far right corner. Um, you just put your name and your email, and all that information is encrypted and secured. And uh, it's an automatic email service whenever we post a blog. Uh, sorry, I forgot to mention this, too. Uh, if, if you and, and whoever's listening could pray for Spencer as well, um, as he's writing his book, um, I know that that's something that I can remember he told me about when he was 13, 14 years old. Um, he's talked about it for a long time, and he told a lot of people about it. I don't think many people thought that was actually a real thing. So as, as he's so close to... To finishing his writing, you know, with his heart in the sleeve and, and with the power of the Word of God, and if you can just pray that um, that writing would also uh, be blessed and that uh, the fruit of the Spirit would be seen in that too. Uh, I just I had to put that out there as well. Sorry. <laughs> no, of course. Hey, you guys seem so close. Do your parents ever yell at you for not including your sister? <laughs> oh no. Oh, man. Truth be told, she was was a little bit of a, uh, I don't know if anybody has seen Drake and Josh, but she's a little bit of a Megan. She kind of would get us in trouble and stuff, so it was us against her. But now she's uh, she's a part of the group, too. We love her, and and she's one of our best friends. Absolutely. Well, I want to thank you again for coming on. I've enjoyed talking to you, and I wish you the best with your ministries and with the book and with the, the rest of the season and beyond. Thanks so much, man. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you so much. That's Spencer and Mitchell Travers joining Benson and those guys. You can follow them on Twitter at Traver Bros or visit their website, TraverBrothers.com. You're listening to Benson and those guys brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions.